Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Can you say, I'm strong? Even when you're feeling weak, can you say, I'm strong? See, that's what the finished work people do. See, they don't just look at their circumstances and go, oh, I'm weak. They don't look at their checkbook and say, I'm poor. This is not name it and claim it and take it home and frame it, but it is saying what God says. Let the weak say I'm strong. But the most important line on there is the third line down because of what the Lord has done for us, okay? If you're strong because of what you've done, well, fine. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. That's okay, all right? But it's what the Lord has done for us. Really, what the finished work is about is what the Lord has done for us. The church so long has taught it what we've done for Him. And I'm not opposed to doing things for Him, but that's not where my strength comes from, what I do for Him. No, it's what He's done for me, and the revelation of what He's done for me is what helps me, empowers me to do things for Him. Amen? Amen. Father, thank You so much for Your love for us. Thank You that for those words. Let the poor say I'm rich. Let the weak say I'm strong because of what the Lord has done for us. Amen? That's the finished work of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I try not to rush my morning time with the Lord. I try not to just get so busy. I like to just listen. And it seems like the clock hurries by very quickly. That's okay. What we need to do is learn how to just enjoy Him without words. Just enjoy His presence and His breath. Doesn't always have to be words. Don't be in a rush. And I was thinking about the World War II veterans. See, one of the things the finished work has taught me is, is honor. To honor. Give honor where honor is doing. Veterans Day will be coming up soon. We had, from the United States of America, a little over 16 million men and women that served in World War II. There were over 70 million in the entire conflict. It's a lot of people, if you think about it. Over 16 million. David, your daddy was one of them. World War II veteran. About 300,000 of them came home in a bag. That's a good reason to honor right there that men and women would fight for this country. They would defend our nation. See, we were caught in the grip of the enemy, Satan, at one time, and Jesus came to defend us. He came to conquer death, hell, and the grave, all of our enemies, so that the weak could say, I'm strong. Poor could say, I'm rich. And Jesus did exactly that. They didn't allow the women to serve in a combat role in World War II because they just didn't think that would be a very good image. Yet 534 or something like that, 543 women died through collateral damage of some sort. 
including 16 nurses. Misguided bullets, shrapnel, whatever it may be. When you're in a war zone, it's hostile, as you know. So not only did the men lay down their lives, so did the women, several hundred of them. There's only about 119,000 World War II veterans left. We lose about six of them every hour. They're going fast. By the year 2035, every one of them will be gone. All of them are in their 90s right now. You know, war is like condemnation. It's destructive. It tears things up. tears lives up. There's another condemnation that men and women face, and the church even faces it. And that's when they don't have a correct understanding of what the Lord has done for us. I received a text message from a man I've known for years last week. And when he came in, he said, pray for me. This man would be a man that if you listen to him, you'd think, boy, he knows finished work, right? The language is there, initially, anyway. But you've heard me say it a million times, <laughs> that finished work is a slow drip, right? You've heard me say this, because it's true. It is a really subtle drip. I'm still being changed. It's still working in me and on me. Until the day I go home to be with Jesus, I'll still be learning about His grace. I'll still be being changed by His grace, by His finished work. And so this friend texted me and said, please pray for me. I have this bad rash. You know, I responded to my friend, oh my goodness, what did you get into? I mean, that seems like a pretty good response, doesn't it? See, I had a rash a while back, as you remember, right? Remember the poison ivy? And so I'm thinking, maybe you got into some of that. I might be able to help you here, you know? I said, oh my goodness, what did you get into? His response was two words. What do you suppose those two words were? came back sin, evidently. You see the way the church thinks? And I responded with, we need to talk. Call me. And then his text came in and said, I have been tormented since April. Now the body of Christ should not be tormented at all like that. Yet many folks are stuck there, friends. They are stuck there. Intermittently tormented. Some for prolonged periods of time. April was six months ago. 
for anyone to get bombarded for six months, um, that's torture. That's torment. Because if you believe it's sin that gave you the rash, I'm not saying you couldn't do something sinful and end up with a rash. I mean, I guess, I guess that's all possible. But I've had enough conversations with people like this to know that they feel like this is God's punishment. God's not here to punish us, okay? God's here to love us. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. Jesus himself said that. For God did not send me into the world to condemn the world, but that through me the world would be saved. Yet we want to so often blame it on God or blame it on our sin. Listen, folks, sin has been dealt a death blow. Sin is not your issue. Sin is not your problem. Even if you sin, it's because you have believed a lie. You've believed a lie about yourself. That it's about what you do for him. But you've forgotten the third line of this song right here. Because of what the Lord has done for us. That's what it's about. What he's done for us. That's the finished work. You say, Mark, what in the world does all that got to do with offering? Friends, look, without you, we're not able to take a message that we minister here to souls like that that have been tormented for six months. Some that have been tormented for a lifetime. Valerie and I went to see a movie last night called The Blind. It's about the Robertson story. It's about, you know, the Duck Commander guy, you know. Powerful movie. But he'll tell you, basically, you can see throughout the movie that he has a father fracture. He has a mother fracture. And so he grows up with Jose Cuervo as his, yeah, his southern comfort. <laughs> He's from the south when it's only Jesus that can bring the comfort that we need. And so, if you quit coming, there is no triumphant grace ministries, and this ministry goes away. You quit giving, there's no triumphant grace ministries, and this ministry goes away. I want to encourage you with that. Jesus said these words, in John chapter 14, and in light of all the stuff that's going on right now, in Israel, Hamas, the United States, the political realm, the churches, people that are tormented like my friend, and Jesus said these words in John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Come on. That word trouble means don't let it get agitated. How are you going to stop your heart from getting agitated? It means don't let it get stirred up. Don't let it run loose with its emotions. Jesus said to his own disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. What are you going to say to your heart when it seems troubled? What are you going to do to your heart are you going to scold it? Are you going to tell it, don't do that? Are you going to try to reason with your heart? No. You go back to what the Lord has done for us. And Jesus himself said, 
do not let your hearts be troubled. In other words, you have the ability to say no. How? By putting yourself in remembrance of what the Lord has done for us and what he's continuing to do for us. Finished work literally means something that took place in the past but continues to be a present reality now. That's finished work. It's an ongoing work. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing presence of grace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Jesus said, trust also in me. Believe in me. Put your faith in me. Put your trust in me. And then, scriptures that we've heard so many times, he said, in my Father's house are many mansions, or some versions say many rooms, some versions say many dwelling places, but he said, in my Father's house, the word house, listen folks, we think of house and we think of house as like four walls, many rooms, you know, your house, your apartment, your condo. It's not the kind of house he's talking about here. House means family. In my father's house, or like in my father's household, it would be a better way to say it. In my father's family, Jesus is saying. In my father's family, he says, are many mansions, many rooms. Now, I don't want to burst your bubble, but Jesus is not talking about, and there's no other scripture in the Bible. In fact, this mansion scripture here is only mentioned two places in the Bible. He's not talking about some building, some household, some, some residence, if you will, in heaven that's got gold stairs leading up to it and crystal sea for a fish tank. and It's not that, friends. It's a dwelling place. It's a dwelling place. And when we think about dwelling places, when I dwell upon the thought that, let the weak say I'm strong, let the poor say I am rich, that is a dwelling place. He that dwells in the secret place, he that ponders, he that thinks about, he that lives in his heart and his mind in the secret place of the Most High. Come on. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And don't you love it that he says, I am going there there to prepare a place. And he's not separated us from him. Remember, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, aren't we? We are there too, in a spiritual sense. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. What a great promise. That you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas speaks up and he says, Lord, we don't know where you are going. Now, isn't this amazing? Jesus has walked with these disciples three, three and a half years, and Thomas is still asking a question like that. Jesus, no doubt, has covered this. I don't think this is the first time he's covered it. Jesus has already told them about the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, all this stuff, right? And so Thomas asked that question, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? What did Jesus say next? <laughs> I am the way. 
and the truth and the life. No one comes to my Father except through me. In this glorious news, that we have the good news of the finished work, that Jesus is the way. He's not only the way to life, he's the way through life. He is the way, folks. That is the power of the gospel. I want you to remember that today as you sow into the kingdom of God, that Jesus is the way, and that's what's preached in this ministry, that Jesus is the way. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that you've made it so simple. You said, in your Father's family are many dwelling places. Places that we can dwell about the goodness of God and the love of God and the grace upon grace of God and the tender loving kindnesses of God. Thank you, Father. Jesus, you yourself said, I am the way, not a way, the way. So thank you, Father. Thank you for this finished work. Thank you for this ministry. What they hear is a rich word that Jesus is the way. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. This is Mark Testerman, Senior Pastor of Triumphant Grace Ministries. I want to say thank you for listening to the finished work gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that the good news found throughout the message has richly encouraged you in the love of the Father. Friends, this podcast is supported by the generous financial support of its listeners. And if today's message has ministered to you, then would you consider a gift that ministers back to us? You can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 833-632-632. 1315, or you can visit triumphantgrace.com and donate through PayPal or credit card. The cornerstone scripture for Triumphant Grace Ministries is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Great grace, such grace, triumphant grace to you. God bless you.